Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. This is a weird story, and so I want to try to sort of what's going on here. Here's the story. Um, this is actually from the Washington Post. If you spot a sleek Bombardier Global 6000 business jet sporting tail number ZSOAK, the federal government would like to hear from you. The jet belonged to South Africa's notorious Gupta family, whose alleged corruption helped trigger the scandals that recently forced President Jacob Zuma out of office. But the Guptas bought the plane with help from a $41 million loan from Export Development Canada, or EDC. EDC was helping out Bombardier land the jet sale, but turns out to have been a poor bet. EDC now says the family defaulted on loan in October, still owes the bank $27 million. So how do we get ourselves into this situation? And what's EDC doing uh, getting involved in, in these kinds of questionable situations? Joining us on the line to talk a bit more about this is uh, Karen Keenan, uh, director of Above Ground, a group that exposes the links between transnational business and human rights abuse. Karen, great to have you with us. You're welcome to the program. Thank you very much. All right. Well, tell us a bit more then about uh, the Gupta family and why this loan was a bad idea. Well, the Guptas, um, the Guptas are a family in, that uh, have for many years done business, lived in business in South Africa, and who have a very, very close relationship with the, the recently outgoing Zuma government. Um, and that relationship was notorious, um, notoriously close and notoriously corrupt. Um, the Guptas um, are alleged to have um, received hundreds of millions of dollars in government contracts um, because of the proximity of that relationship um, and have been under investigation by South African uh, authorities uh, for a number of uh, scandals involving allegations of money laundering and corruption and so on. Um, and that's why um, Export Development Canada shouldn't have given them this loan. So um, when they came to uh, Export Development Canada for financing to purchase a jet from Bombardier, there was a great deal of information in the public domain about that relationship, hundreds of uh, media reports. Um, uh, again, they, the relationship was notorious. They're, they're colloquially referred to as the Zuptas in South Africa because everyone knows how closely they work together, the Guptas and Zuma, Jacob Zuma. Um, so there was a great deal of information available to to assess the risk involved with them, and yet um, Export Development Canada decided they were a good bet and approved the loan for the jet. <laughs> well, you know, given that that Bombardier was was the seller here, does it seem as though the federal government was maybe not as diligent as they should have been because we have this this interest in trying to help Bombardier make a sale? Well. I don't know if that's what happened, but I can tell you that Bombardier is one of its most important clients. So um, Export Development Canada uh, provides an enormous amount of financing to that particular company. To give you a sense, in 2015, 
they provided as much as $5 billion to Bombardier alone, which is an extraordinary amount. No other client, um, no other EDC client comes close to that value. In 2016, it was as much as $3 billion. So we're talking about vast sums of financing for this company. Uh, clearly, it's an, imp- an extremely important client. Um, so um, I'll let you draw the conclusions you draw. But yeah. um, clearly, um, this particular loan uh, was was ill-advised. Right. And, and that, that quickly became apparent. And I guess it was, when was it? It was late last year then that, that finally the government canceled the loan? Yeah. So what happened last year is the loan was given at the end of 2014. But what happened last year is that there was a massive uh, leak of, of documents. Um, hundreds of thousands of emails and documents were leaked in South Africa that um, provided documentation for um, um, many, many details of these, these, these deals that, I've been had, that I alluded to earlier. Um, uh, some had come out before then, but then this m- major information uh, leak showed very clearly um, the close proximity between the Guptas and, and the Jacob Zuma government. Um, showed uh, uh, myriad ways in which they were enmeshed, and the kickbacks and the and the inappropriate uh, approving of uh, of government contracts, um, and uh, that created new pressure on the government, um, uh, and ultimately uh, was was I think quite supportive of efforts to force him to step down, um, and so it was it was that process of of that information coming out, the political pressure that was brought to bear, um, and and those documents I I hasten to add included details about this particular deal. Um, uh, it included correspondence between Export Development Canada and the Guptas about the arrangements for this particular deal. Um, so there was a lot more information in the public domain about those, the, the, the scale of, uh, of the dealings between the government and this family. And um, that sort of started the ball rolling and um, got us to where we are now. And yes, in, the, in that process, um, what Export Development Canada says is that uh, it's going after the Guptas, or it started going after them. It broke the contract and started going after them to try to recoup its asset because they, they defaulted on the loan. They weren't making payments. Um, but now it's saying it's, it's trying to recoup its asset, it's trying to recoup the plane, and it's saying that it has concerns that the plane will be used um, for wrongful activity, for illegal activity, <laughs> um, which seems like a very legitimate concern on their part. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, just it's in a weird way now the EDC is making the case for why they shouldn't have given this loan in the first place. If we're worried about how this jet's going to be used or we're worried about the people who are in possession of it, well, maybe those aren't the kind of people you should be financing. Yes, it's strange that they weren't worried about those things uh, when they were considering the loan. And maybe they were, right? We don't, I don't know what was going on in their collective head. Maybe they were, but they weren't sufficiently um, uh, concerned to take a closer look or to, uh, to decide that this wasn't the right deal to support. And I think, um, in hindsight, it's very clear that, uh, well, not in hindsight, I think at the time, if you had taken that information to a reasonable person and said, look, here's what what we know about this family, here's what we know about this family and their relationship to the government, Um, and here's the, there had been government, there had been a government inquiry, for example, at the time that the loan was granted, a government inquiry had been, had been held to look into this relationship in a particular transaction, um, uh, and the government uh, inquiry had come to the conclusion that the Guptas, sure enough, had used their relationship with uh, people in the government um, inappropriately. They had capitalized on those personal relationships for personal gain, and it was inappropriate. So all of this was in the public domain at that time. So I think not even with the benefit of hindsight. I think I think at the time that's the point, right? I think um, it was clear that this was not uh, this was not 
ideal to touch, and yet they dove into it. So I think it raises questions about the effectiveness of their due diligence process and, um, and their motivations. And I think the other thing that it raises for my organization is the lack of transparency about how the agency operates, how it does its due diligence, and how it comes to the conclusions it comes to um, at the beginning. But then also, when they finance a company or insure a company, and then allegations of wrongdoing emerge, it's also not clear what they do in those circumstances, um, whether they, you know, um, undertake uh, their own investigations. Well, they say they do. What do they look like? Do they, do, they, um, do they impose obligations on the clients? Do they breach their relationship? With the, you know, do, they, do they call in their loan? It's unclear um, because it's basically an opaque institution. So, and, and for us, that's a concern because it's a public institution. It's wholly owned by the government of Canada. Right. So this is, I think, a good illustration of some of those broader problems that we've also seen with other transactions um, that have been supported. Okay, so back to the due diligence review. Mm-hmm. Is it a question of those, those rules being circumvented, or are the rules simply too weak to begin with? Well, that's also a good question. Um, and the way it works is that there's a, there's, a, there's a statute, there's a piece of legislation that created Export Development Canada, and that law gives EDC a lot of discretion to create its own internal policies. It's anti-corruption policy, it's environmental review policy, it's human rights policies. It created all those policies, and it applies those policies. And it has a lot of discretion. It's at arm's length to uh, the government. And so what we argue is um, that seeing which companies are getting financed, this deal and other deals that we have been monitoring and that we've issued public comment on before about which we have concerns, for us... um, it makes clear that there needs to be more government oversight. There needs to be more transparency about how EDC is operating, the things that I spoke about earlier, but also we feel there should be less discretion. There should be more prescriptive oversight about how it operates because we feel, you know, it's, it's on the wrong side of, of, of some of these deals. And, you know, the cost is that there can be human rights implications. There can be serious environmental harm. Or in this case, we can see people involved in corruption being uh, rewarded. Um, so there, there's a great cost, and so we want to make sure that, 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 we, that we're on the right side of those decisions. Right. Now, as I understand it, that the legislation that oversees EDC is up for review this year, so it's, a, I guess, an ideal opportunity maybe to, to address this problem. Exactly. And that doesn't happen very often. So the, the, the law that created EDC and that governs it has a stipulation that every 10 years, Parliament must stop and take a look, review the agency, how it's operating, review the statute and see if any amendments need to be made, fine-tuning, and this year happens to be the 10th year since the last review. And so it is an opportunity. I think it's an excellent opportunity, and it's one we don't have very often. And so we're going to be monitoring that and certainly providing input to the government in that process, and we hope they'll take it very seriously and that they'll look at the anti-corruption policies and performance uh, of Export Development Canada, but also in areas like human rights, environment and so on. We also would like the government in this review to take a look at recourse. So um, when wrongdoing happens, um, when there's credible allegations or proven allegations that an EDC client is involved in wrongdoing of some kind, there should be mechanisms for redress. People who have been harmed should be able to seek redress as against the Canadian government, who is a partner with the company that's committed the wrongdoing. And right now that's not the case. So we'd also like to see that issue reviewed. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, One more at aboveground.ngo. Karen, thanks for joining us here today. Really appreciate this. Thank you very much for the interview. All right, take care. Karen Keenan, the director of Above Ground. Yeah, what a mess this is. If there's any silver lining, maybe the embarrassment, the stench of this uh, is enough to convince folks in Ottawa to say, hey, you know what? As much as we love Bombardier, 
Uh, let's try to avoid this kind of mess in the future. But maybe that's uh, more common sense than you're going to find in Ottawa these days. 974-8255. When we come back, Edmonton Journal's uh, Paula Simons uh, had an interesting uh, back and forth with the Flat Earth crowd, who apparently are, are coming to uh, Alberta for a big conference later this year. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.